0: You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to WSUW, 91.7 FM, The Edge, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Yuri Rashkin, and we're continuing with Rashkin Report. Um, Today's guest is uh, Vasily Gatov, a senior fellow at USC Annenberg Center and a man who's done many different things in media in Russia before coming to America and I'm excited to have you here to share your expertise and specifically Vasily I would like to begin by discussing an article that you penned recently on Cambridge Analytics and we can go from there but since you know the, the the elections really there's always the next election because this is america and uh what what do you think about a company such as cambridge analytica are they capable of disrupting the system to the point that um you know what what people and voters do doesn't even matter anymore or how do they fit into this process are they trying to make more of themselves than there really is what what is your take uh, at them
1: um. Uh, I would say uh, first, first of all, uh, good day. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I would say that there are several questions mixed together in this. Uh, it's not Cambridge Analytica that spoils elections, and Cambridge Analytica here is not a particular company, but any type of the company that pretends it can manipulate uh, public opinion using uh not commonly known uh, internet or social algorithm.
0: And pretend already tells me of your take
1: that they pretend No uh, pretend uh, only means that uh, we do not have a measurement for that. Uh, everything what uh, is believed to be an effect but is not measured is not an effect. It's not scientifically proven uh, or practically proven. Uh, and, and also when we think about uh, such uh, preceding such long events like presidential elections, we are speaking about multiple, um, a multitude of factors that affect uh, uh, the outcome of, of, uh, of elections, of voting. Uh, of which things that we may call uh, digital manipulation is the very last one to speak about. First of all, uh, it's a personality and the message that wins the election. Second, it's uh, the quality of work of uh, offline spin doctors and propagandists uh, who... Uh, develop this message, adapted it to particular audiences and blah, 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 I and mean, everything that is done during the campaign. And only on the third, and I don't think we have any proof that this is a decisive part, only on the third level of discussion we may speak about additional instruments, additional tools uh, that are used in the digital domain where a lot of people, but not all of people, uh, now exist, or I mean, consume news, or develop therapy.
0: Sure, but if you have a close election, then those th- tertiary tools become quite important, don't you feel?
1: I don't feel so, and it is not logically proven. I, I, well, let's put it this way. I mean, since 2016, uh we have an extreme interest to the question of uh, elections way in a very highly polarized picture. Sure. Uh, But where do you find this picture? Obama victory margin in 2008 was, if my memory kind of, keeps me fine, it was about 11%. It was about 6% in 2004. So, depolarization, of course, exists, but the number of people you need to affect is much larger than 60,000 disgruntled voters in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. It's much larger, it's like millions. And in order to affect millions, your pressure, your information delivery to them should far exceed, I mean, like, I don't know, one thing is to launch a missile as such, and second is to send missile to Mars. So in order to sway millions and millions and millions of people from voting for a democratic agenda to a republican agenda, you need to launch a rocket to Mars rather than just launch a rocket.
0: So you don't feel, therefore, that uh, in the next election, uh, it's going to this kind of attempts at social media manipulation will be effective at all, unless. Oh, oh,
1: oh! What I what I expect for the next elections, or even even now, it you can see how uh, how this technology is being. Uh, used in uh, midterms, already used in midterms and special elections. Uh, there's a number of companies and groups that openly or covertly offer their, their services to uh, candidates, pretending they can do everything what Cambridge Analytica did and even more. But what really decides the election are not social media, are not targeted posts. It's the message and the personality. I mean, if you have a good message, even this, even if this message is negative, in this particular case, I mean, uh, let's. uh, How do you deliver
0: that message? Who do you deliver it to? that that that,
1: That depends on audience. That depends right. on, on, on the uh, on the um, constituency. I mean, in some constituencies, social media would be absolutely senseless, like uh, because people don't use them. I mean, they're probably too old or too conservative or or, or too uh, or too attached to traditional media. And you need television, you need printed press, you need door to door agitation. Uh, in some places, oppositely, uh, everything what comes out of television would be perceived uh, negatively. So you you have to you have to change the, the way of delivering the message. That's uh, I mean what, what 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 I have written recently is that many people don't meet political technologists. They don't ordin ordinarily know what these people know and do. These people are social engineers. They, ca- they take society as, um, as a mechanism and try to find a way to make, this, uh, to make some particular result out of this society. And this is, this is difficult, but not impossible. And uh, in order to do so, they can employ this tool, another tool, third tool. Uh, as far as these tools are legal, I see no problem with that. I mean, the question with Cambridge Analytica is not about uh, whether or not uh, tools of this type should be employed or not, and whether it's uh, fair. But the fact that Cambridge Analytica, because it was a British company managed by British uh, people and mm, uh, and and actually receiving uh, a lot of uh, support from from another side of the ocean, uh, whether the work of this company for Trump campaign was legitimate. But this is not about the, the legitimacy of what they've done. It's about the decision of the Trump campaign or whoever it was to, uh, to hire Cambridge Analytica. This, is, this has nothing to do about social media or Facebook or data Bridge or whatever. This is election law.
0: So, so you see, the problem is the company being hired in the first place when they're uh, essentially uh, owned or have some foreign uh, okay. connections. Okay. I mean,
1: uh, yeah. Every every campaign every campaign employs volunteer. Volunteer has whatever Cambridge Analytica has, but even more than that. I mean, a, on top of social media data Palantir has, they have your credit card information, they have your payments history, they have your acquaintances uh, history, they monitor uh, telephone logs. But Cambridge Analytica
0: got 50 million records from Facebook. Isn't that a quite substantial Uh, number to operate with? I mean, it's...
1: Again, as I said, Palantir has data on every single credit card owner in the world. what, What is...
0: Volunteer. This is a new word to me. Oh, not not that's, volunteer.
1: That's a that's a great thing. I mean, the, 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 uh, it's a company uh, founded by one of the PayPal gang uh, uh, members uh, and funded by Peter Thiel. Uh, and, and the idea is that using matching between social profiles, uh, cell phone data. And financial transactions, they can provide uh, a necessary intelligence to government and uh, commercial organizations to uh, to do exactly what Cambridge Analytica does, but in much wider profile. Palantir is one of the key suppliers of intelligence community, uh, not only in the United States but globally one of the key tools in in, in fighting terrorism, one of the key tools in in providing artificial intelligence uh, solutions to e-commerce. You don't know about that. I mean, okay, somebody told you about Cambridge Analytica being nefarious. I I mean, just Google. Just Google what Palantir is. Just Google what Crimson Hexagon is. Crimson Hexagon, legally, on Facebook and Twitter permission, archives every single transaction that happens on uh, social networks. They have all the profiles, not the 50 million profiles, all. Everything, whatever was written on Facebook, even by people who deleted their accounts, is archived in Crimson Hacks.
0: Do politicians have access to this? Crimson? No, no not, not,
1: not that I know about. But... Uh, uh, but but the fact uh, the fact is that these tools and the solutions built on these tools and the solution built from the, that are built on the solutions of these tools are widely available.
0: All and right.
1: If they and, and if they're used legally, in legal manner, there is nothing bad about that. I mean, um, if you receive uh, if you receive a, a, a direct mail uh, to your home address. Blank direct mail. I mean, you don't argue about that. You just throw it uh, as a spam into uh, into your recycle bin. Absolutely. But if it's a personalized spam, uh, which can come from so many different databases that are openly available, I mean, your tax database, I mean, your address, lo- local, local registration, your local taxes, I mean, you, they can match it to your profile and, and, and send you a personalized email. Or you leave so many traces in places that ask for your, I mean, just a checkbox. I mean, I agree. I mean, I have my, I don't know, United card, uh, or, or American Airlines card. And then I was not attentive and I didn't, didn't, uh, prevent Third parties participating in American Airlines or United programs of sending me emails. Everything, my address, my uh, matching, my, my social profile matching and so on, is in the database. And it's not nefarious Cambridge Analytica. It's companies like Equifax, because Equifax, one of the Equifax businesses, is this matching. So when you when you buy a narrative that, that some some evil nefarious organization did something very bad i mean first thing i mean is it is it true i mean look at the companies that offer Well, it you looks like buy- you're,
0: you're questioning every word in that sentence you know <clears throat> nefarious every, company every everything. every
1: no no i mean i'm not saying cambridge analytica is a good company or or their business is a good business but um uh, but one thing that i don't agree with is in the kind of a, a persistent search among american liberal commentary i mean I'm, I'm very careful not liberal within american commentary uh that try to find someone whom you can uh victimize for Donald Trump presence in the White House. You mean blame? Russia, blame blame, uh, and and so on. And and, uh, I don't know, crucify um, Russians, Cambridge Analytica, Roger Stone, uh, Robert Mercer, whoever. I mean, but not but not half of the population. I mean, a little bit less than half of the population that really voted for him. Why? Because we cannot, I mean, it's difficult to blame your neighbor who could have been a Republican or could have been a Trump supporter. And you can kind of, the only thing you can dream about is that someone came and (coughs) screwed his mind. And the person was acting like a zombie. Then but he came or he or she came to the polling station and put put a hole or or pressed the button that that um, uh, that made Trump a
0: president. Not so much that, but I would say that uh, it, the, the idea there is being is that people are being fed a diet of information that reaffirms their biases. And if that information is inaccurate, if that information is fake, it doesn't necessarily seem to matter to person who has the bias, and therefore it reinforces their point of view, and therefore they're more likely to go and vote based on these false uh, <laughs> accusations and then produce an outcome, even though they're the ones voting. But it's like if I keep telling you that donuts are good for you, and, and maybe they're not, but you really like donuts, and you kind of go and <clears throat> continuously eat food that is bad for you, and then you have a heart attack. Okay, yes, it is your fault that you had all those donuts, but isn't there some responsibility on the people that fed this information to you?
1: Fair point. But uh, I just want to remind you a very American story about uh, Consumer Reports and Ralph Nader. They brought down several hundreds of brands and products, disclosing the information and making people aware about Sometimes they were extremely efficient, both in terms of scale of the uh, operation and uh, efficiency of the operation. Never it was timely. Never it was harsh things. I mean, you can't destroy something that is being built for years with one single publication. You have to be persistent. Just prove it. And uh, and the problem is that um, in in I mean I know I know that uh, neither Consumer Report nor, nor, nor Nader have absolutely clean and great reputation, but uh, but the difference is that uh, when they went against let's say Chrysler or uh, I don't remember Motorola or a, a, a few other cases their offensive was usually well documented uh, precisely built on the data that was sufficient to to detest the um, the failure to protect consumer rights or even other laws safety laws uh, in, I understand. I mean, this, this, this may sound strange and a bit um, and a bit gaslighting I mean, to American society, but that's that's kind of thing that's necessary to remember. I mean, if you dislike something that is present on the market, political market as well. I mean, you can bring it down by procedure and by public opinion, but you only can do it if. Uh, your your arguments are being a rational b well supported by data and three that are kind of legally binding and i mean the fact the fact that elections were recognized by by the whole system makes the only way to correct this failure, an impeachment, an impeachment is impossible until midterm elections are won and possibly uh, Republican Party uh, getting back to census and realize that they have to do something about the president that buries, not uh, capitalism, but uh, the reputation of the party first of- first and foremost. So in this case, I mean, I I just think that sort of bringing Cambridge Analytica is another kind of uh, perpetrator that helped to something that newspapers or whatever dislike so much. I mean, so what? I mean, yeah, that was wrong. And especially in the, this post-truth world where, where, where limits of moral have really shifted. I mean, we all see how they shifted. I mean, never in the history American president lied so much. Or, or when he lied, that was forgiven. I mean, it's almost 16 months when he's president. And he lies and lies and lies. So what? Everything changed? He's being uh, escorted from the White House with the box uh, of his personal papers.
0: No, well, He doesn't read, so it would be difficult. Um, I will remind listeners that you're listening oh, to... That, that's, that's <laughs> oh,
1: that's, that's a good joke. He'll be escorted <laughs> out of the White House with a bunch of TV screens.
0: Right. There you go. <laughs> you're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin my guest today is vasily gatov senior fellow at usc annenberg center uh, vasily so we're we're discussing cambridge analytica and and so th- i guess i'm trying to figure out the lesson in all of this the lesson that you feel out of that story or you know you're saying that we need to take i guess some personal responsibility for the fact that uh, donald trump is president versus trying to assign responsibility to all these other actors um, th- do you feel that that's the, the lesson, is that we just should remember that all responsibility rests with us? No. Uh,
1: I think that uh, there should be several conclusion drawn from the whole story of 2016 elections. First is that mm, the machinery of the modern society that continues its transition from a, a kind of postmodern to post postmodern, from, from the society where information played important but not primary role to the society where information and exchange of information plays the only role, and all the rest is just servicing information exchange. That some of the things that determine our political system Our uh, education, our education, I mean, much broader than just primary or secondary, our education about how things happen. I mean, about very common and banal things. Uh, And it should be reconsidered. I mean, today, most regulations in most countries in regard to elections have been drafted and adopted between 1776 and 1999, let's say. Uh, when I mean, so so that's the period where internet doesn't e- didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, very few countries have adjusted their legislation uh, since 2007. When Facebook uh, emerged, or 2011 when Twitter emerged, so it's it's time to to try to understand how these new systems, new infras- underlying infrastructure of communication, affect the election process from the very beginning, from the formulation of interest to the actual voting and manifestation of will of the people. Uh, it also, I think, but,
0: but isn't looking at Cambridge Analytica an important part of that process?
1: It is important part, but um, mm, uh, but but that's not Cambridge Analytica. It's Facebook that's important part, or Twitter, or VKontakte, or whatever. I mean, it's not the people who use. Social network sh- who should be regulated? It's social network that needs to self-regulate in order to prevent those things. This is what happening at Facebook. Uh, I don't know about other and Google. Uh, uh, they they started to work on these issues about four years ago. Uh, probably more. I mean, at least about four years ago. This this process has surfaced. Um but uh, but I think it was slow. It was pretty ignorant. I mean they 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 really didn't listen to people who uh tried to advise them from a humanitarian point of view. They said, oh everything should be solved engineer- with engineering, I mean, with the uh, computer computer algorithms. No, sorry. When content is not created by robots and for robots, they, it's created by humans for humans, and uh, and therefore, when you try to employ algorithms to, um, well, let's let's use this word, censor content created by humans, uh, you immediately face uh, illegal scrutiny, scrutiny, because people have their understanding of their rights. And uh, similarly to what is happening with uh, not only Cambridge Analytica, but in general use of Facebook for political operations by kind of Russian internet research agency or, uh, or people who created a fake news website for commercial purpose and so on. This is not regulated. Nobody knows how to regulate it. Uh, nobody understands how this regulation should be designed within limitations that American Constitution, for example, American Constitution puts on the first in the First Amendment, that you cannot suppress any voice within the society. Uh, and uh, well, I mean, there are that- limits.
0: We can't yell fire in a crowded theater, but you know. So you maybe know. maybe there's a way to expand this to social media.
1: Hmm. I think this is this need to be discussed by legal legal right well legal professionals rather than us. I mean, no, I think we know. can we
0: can only uh, we can guide them to what they should be speaking about. But you're right. This is at least beyond my education and uh, yeah. And and specialty. and
1: and uh, I mean I, 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 I met and um, discussed that with. First Amendment lawyers and so on. So far, in the current in the current kind of legal environment in America, uh, any suppression of anything on Facebook can be challenged in court.
0: Right, Vasily, and this is kind of what I wanted to uh, f- focus in on for this particular question. There's three ways to affect change in the United States, as far as I can tell. And one, it is by self-regulation, which is, it sounds like the approach you're supporting or promoting. Uh, Number two would be through legislation, and number three through courts. And I think it's inevitable that we're going to have all three approaches in there somewhere, but self-regulation usually tries to, if the industry is smart... Uh, It will uh, uh, try to have self-regulation before lawsuits, before uh, legislation is dropped on them from above, so to say. So you think that self-regulation would be the best way to approach this situation as well? I mean, I'm thinking to like Motion Picture Association of America that decided that they need to come up with their own ratings before the government comes out with some rating system for them. Um, is this kind of what you're hoping that social media is going to do, is to be proactive in self-regulation?
1: Uh, well, I would expect something like that to happen. Uh, the problem is that what we call social media companies, in fact, are it's three companies. And they are cutthroat competitors. That's the problem. Otherwise, uh, Well, it's I still mean, not it, a
0: monopoly. It's oligarchy, but it's not a monopoly.
1: It's, uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, I know how to say duopoly, triopoly. In this particular case, we we speak about like 5 opoly. Okay. I mean, about five companies that uh, provide most of the services here, most of the information exchange, most of communication between people and brands and uh, politicians and so on. Uh, they they not only provide it, they also make money out of it. And similar to um, uh, movie ratings, you too. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, about movie rating system. Uh, the the social media industry needs to realize that they will be paying much more for not re- responding to this issue with their own self-regulation uh, in terms of the loss of income or legal fines or whatever uh, if they just wait for uh, government or states to intervene.
0: Right.
1: So, of course, uh, uh, I, I just think that, uh, that this is a very important discussion and it's even more important discussion than what to do with, um, foreign hostile powers that try to, uh, to get onto an American public discussion or whatever. Uh,
0: Vasily, and that's kind of the last thing that I wanted to focus on in our conversation today, and I'll remind listeners one more time that you're listening to WSUW 91. FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report. We exist as a radio program on WSUW, but also as a podcast. So make sure to go to whatever service you use to download podcasts and find Rashkin Report there. You'll find some programs in English and some programs in Russian. um, But the ones in in English, I think, are, are definitely easier to listen to. And also you can find it on YouTube, Rashkin Report. Uh, If you have guests or topics you'd like to see discussed, uh, please uh, message me via either Facebook page, Rashkin Report, or uh, Messenger, or find me on campus. And uh, my guest today, I'm very excited to have with us, Vasily Gathev, who is a senior fellow at USC Annenberg Center, USC, of course, the University of Southern California. Vasily, so what about those uh, foreign powers that may be interested in, in our elections? Now, you're in the United States. You're originally from Russia. Um, I'm originally from Russia. Here we are in the United States looking at the situation. Um, how concerned are you and how concerned should all of us be about the impact that uh, Russia can have on our elections here in November of this year, for instance, or any elections. Uh,
1: uh, well, it would be easier to answer in Russian, <laughs> but uh, because because I could draw to some very obvious uh, uh, obvious uh, things uh, to Russian speakers, uh, like. I've mentioned in my kind of blog post about Cambridge Analytica. uh, One of the biggest outcomes of Russian meddling or other examples of digitized meddling previously is that you cannot really hide it. Uh, In in the material world, in the world of uh, cloak and dagger, uh, it takes sometimes years, sometimes decades, sometimes centuries to find an av- a-, a material evidence of some other uh, power interfering political political life of of the other one. Uh, in digital world, it takes probably days or months sometimes. I mean everything about Russian operatives trying to interfere American political discourse, like Internet Research Agency convicted, uh, who who are now accused by Special uh, Counsel Ro- Robert Mueller in in, in doing so, uh, or uh, supposedly Russian hackers who broke into DNC servers. And many other mailboxes, actually. Uh, They they attempted
0: uh, to break into yours as well.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, Interestingly enough, they attempted to break in my university one few months later, uh, which which is interesting. uh,
0: How did you find out about that?
1: I just received uh, a letter asking me to provide the password, Uh, but... Unfortunately for them, I mean, um, they do not know how, how uh, service letters in the university uh, system look like.
0: So they were so attempting they, to make it look like uh, USC was trying to get password information yeah, from but, you.
1: Yeah, but that, that well, well, I mean, one of the things that you learn on, on the kind of closed circuit systems that when people from uh support address you, they do it in order for you to well believe it's them, and these letters are not very common well anyway i mean i just i just I, I, it's interesting so, go ahead yeah so so i'll go 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 uh, into my direction uh, and again, I mean this is clear that there was, there were was some attempts to meddle there were some attempts to To to, sort of to to maintain influence uh, and uh, sow discord, uh, to make people disgruntled in American democracy, election process, whatever. I mean, we don't really know exact goals that uh, Russian compendium of Russian actors here. Or but, supposedly, Russian actors. But what will uh, it
0: take it for for it to stop? Do we have to bomb Kremlin? I mean, is there a simpler solution? That that that's
1: uh, that's no silver bullet thing. I mean, there are no silver bullet here. Uh, you cannot you cannot stop uh, a government that has no public mm, hinges. Right. I mean, Russian government has no public interest at all uh, from doing something improper, uh, and and there, there's no the accountability
0: point. whatsoever. Right.
1: I'm I'm not speaking even about accountability. I mean, okay. I mean, many authoritarian regimes have no accountability. Still, they behave themselves uh, uh, well on the global scene. I mean, nobody. I mean, Singapore is much more authoritarian state than than Russia in terms of. Regulations and so on. I mean, nobody accuses Singapore and behaving wrong and never actually accused uh, <clears throat> So I think the problem here is that uh, and, and there were several articles and Myself included on this issue uh, that This big shift I was speaking at before, I mean the shift in <coughs> how societies uh, are designed in the new digital era. What is the state in the digital era? How the state relates to personality or online personas? Uh, how people? How how the state should access and regulate online communities that could be. Much bigger than the state itself. As I mean, Facebook is larger than any any country in the world, including China and India. I mean, if we take Facebook as a, a citizenship, I mean, if you and I have Facebook accounts, we are Facebook citizens, not only customers. But does Facebook
0: listen to us any more than Kremlin listens to Russians?
1: Uh, I think Facebook is uh, no. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, 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 better to say. We have examples of both uh, attentiveness of Facebook and ignorance. So sometimes Facebook listens even more attentively than you think. Uh, but but the, the, the problem is that they listen to different things. They make judgments about you as a user or you as a part of the American user pool or you as a part of male user pool or you as a part of the bearded man uh, Manpool. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, based on the data they have, and you don't. So I'm a part of demographic. Absolutely. And possibly, I mean, if Facebook wanted to sway elections as a company, they have much more capacity to do so, especially in the United States. Far more than you can imagine. I mean, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, or actually... Better to say Mark zuckerberg's algorithm uh, is a deity is a deity to uh several generations of Americans, but he doesn't use that and probably will never use it similar similar can be said about google uh, i'm not I'm not washing them from the failures that parts of this Algorithm or parts of the capacities of this algorithm has been leaked uh, intentionally or um, or not to um, let's say bad players or or these players acquired this on their own. But but the thing is that that the whole technology, the whole technology which you're using now is about 15 years old. I mean, max. Max, I mean, all the people who created it are still alive. I mean, for example, for printing, for just printing, for for movable type, it took not only the whole life of Johannes Gutenberg, but another century to become not even ubiquitous, just widespread. In the end of 16th century, so 100 years after uh, Gutenberg uh, made his, um, made his uh, inventions uh, there were still countries that have no printed books whatsoever and now you speak about the technology that, that has been, become not only ubiquitous but it's absolutely universally accepted by 3 billion people in 15
0: years So does it mean that it will also disappear just as quickly? And are you looking at getting rid of your Facebook account?
1: Uh, I was thinking about that, but completely on different uh, reasons. I mean, it's not that I'm not concerned about my privacy, but it just uh, takes sometimes so much time. Uh, So it's probably against my working interest. But uh, because I understand you need to kind of compact this. I mean, I, I can say, I mean the problem is that the states as 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 personalities as mm, i don't know as huge multi-human al- algorithms need to speak to social networks that are also like the states multi-personalized uh, multi-multifaces faced arg- uh, organisms and find some solution to that otherwise we will will face development that is very much unnatural and mm, and very much similar to what uh i don't remember what was the name of this pope who launched counter-reformation uh in 15 oh, my history is not that good uh for for, for for this period uh i think it was julius the sixth uh, uh, that he will make he will make a mistake that will cost Catholicism and I mean the the, the, the footprint of the whole Europe. So I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I, I think I think I think that uh, when 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 you don't have immediate solution, not only me. I mean, nobody has this solution. Nobody can even pretend they have a solution. I mean, it's a time
0: to sit down and speak. All right. So it's it appears p- that Pope Paul III... Third. Is considered the first pope of the Counter Reformation. Uh, okay. So, so is, the, is that is that Mark Zuckerberg? Is that Vladimir Putin? Who is Pope J- Paul the Third here?
1: Uh, well, let's hope it will not be Silvio Berlusconi.
0: All right, Vasily Gatov, thank you so much for being on the program. Always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, feel like we all learned a little bit. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to Rashkin Report.